There are miracles in, in this place. There are, are healings. There are miraculous healings that have taken place uh, over folks that are in this room. There are even more so, many of us who are truly born again, we have really undertaken that miracle. We've passed from death to, to life. That's, that's miraculous. It's supernatural. The God of miracles has given us life. Amen? The God of miracles has reconciled us back to Himself that we can live in fellowship with Him. Not just something, listen, not just something that's just really keen and neat and we can have this mental disposition and we can walk around feeling all positive. No, this is truly what has happened. We have passed from death to life. Amen? And we are walking in this realm, on this earth, with God, the God of miracles. So now, let me ask you, before we start praying, is there anything too big for God? Okay, so now when we go to Him in prayer in a second, and for those of who may be listening or watching or whatever it is digitally, the same, wherever we are, my brothers and sisters, because He is our God, because we walk with Him and we're yoked up with Him through Jesus Christ, He is the God of miracles. Whatever you are believing for, in the name of Jesus, and it doesn't have to be just a mighty healing in your body, it, it, but could it be? Yes, absolutely. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, for this one to be saved, miraculously passed from death to life like we just mentioned a moment ago. It could be just something as simple as, Jesus, I want to look more like you. So no matter how big or how small in your mind that it is, give it to God. Because if you sang that song and you truly believe that He is the God of miracles and there is nothing too big for our God and you're walking in fellowship with Him, you're walking, my brothers and sisters, in love, with love, you ask, you receive in Jesus' name. By His word, not mine. Amen? Amen. So, great God and our Father in heaven, as we come before you now, in the name of Jesus. Father, we are gathered. We're gathered in this place. We're gathered digitally right now. Lord, in honor of you, to worship you, Jesus. To magnify your holy name. Lord, please help us to make this more about you than about ourselves. Lord, in this modern era that we live in, church has become more about the fellowship of the saints and not the fellowship with Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. So Lord, let us not fall into that this morning. Lord, as we're gathered in your name, Jesus, and we're sitting here before you, Lord, this means nothing without your presence. So Lord, fill this place with your presence as we sang and now as we're praying to you and then we're going to break the bread of life, we'll share your word. Lord, We need your spirit here with us. We want to be in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, fill us with your joy. Hallelujah. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lord, it would bring me pleasure to have you perform the miraculous in the lives of those who are asking you for, Lord, a supernatural benefit. Lord, whether it be the saving of a loved one, there are so many of us in this room who know you've put people in our atmosphere who need to to be touched 
by you. They need to pass from death to life. They need to become born again. Many of us have been praying, whether it be our children, our children's children. Father, in Jesus' name, co-workers, we ask that you would bring laborers. Father, that you'd put angels before them and that they would be born again. Hallelujah. Father, for many of those who you've put in our atmosphere who would need a healing in their bodies. Lord, I pray that you would be ministered to them, that you would be their Jehovah Rapha, that you would bring healing to their body. Miraculously, you are the God of miracles. Father, I pray again that you would strengthen our young people. Father, both for the young people that are sitting here among us, but Father, for the place... pray that you would touch them and that they would hear your word and not believe the lie. Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name and tarry here with us, Lord. Change us. Mold us. Make us more in the image of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we offer this prayer. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness, those of you who are here. And let me ask you, those of us who studied together on Wednesday night, it wasn't much of a study. It was praise and it was prayer, and I, got, I was challenged during the week. Anybody else challenged during the rest of the week? It always happens that way. I knew, you knew, whenever God visits us, the enemy of our soul will try to test us. He's the accuser of the brethren. But my brothers and sisters, listen, I want to go back, and I'm not sure if this is a continuation of going deeper with Jesus, or if it's another branch. I don't know. Let's just go where the Lord leads us. In Ephesians 3, there's where we've been for weeks now. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. My brothers and sisters, quite simply, and I know this is repetition, but somebody needs to get this, including me. It is God's purpose plan. It is God's will for you to have all of His fullness. That's huge. Now remember, just we say, this is the God of miracles. This is the God who spoke everything we see into existence. This is that God. That God wants you to have all of His fullness. I don't know about... Is anybody there yet? You're there? Okay. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) You need to be up here. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Now remember, we're also we've been we've been in First John a lot. Those of us on Wednesdays, but I couldn't help but the Holy Spirit to, to maneuver and and move and nudge, and that's been part of our studies even on Sundays. But we're gonna I guess go down a different path. And forgive my pause. I need Holy Spirit. I need you now. Get me out of the way. My emotions are running so hot right now. Get me out of the way. Minister to your people. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. We're going to be in Romans chapter 5 real quick. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8, and we'll see some of this together. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we should be saved from the wrath through Him. From wrath through Him. It's His wrath that we're being saved from through Him. Amen? For Verse 10, look at it with me together now. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
So, my brothers and sisters, the thing that I'm trying to, to show here, I think Holy Spirit is going to take us down this path, but, but it says, well, we were enemies. Enemies with who? With each other? No. Enemies with who? God. God. So, while we were yet enemies with God, God died for us while we were yet enemies. And so, now look, while we were still His enemy, He died for us. So, how much more now that we're His beloved? Amen? This, uh, my brother and sister, this, this should... This should mean everything to us here this morning. Why? Because the God that we sang about, the God that we, most of us in this room are born again, most of us in this room have a relationship with, that God wants us to, number one, have all of His fullness. And we know how much He loves us because He demonstrated it on the cross Why were he, we were His enemies. So now, if He was willing to do that for us while we were His enemies, how much more now that we're enjoined to Him? Hallelujah! So now, all of a sudden, when I read that Scripture and Holy Spirit ministers down on the inside of me and says that all the fullness is what He desires. He desires all His fullness for me. Hallelujah! How could I not believe that? Why? What do you mean? Well, when I was in his enemy, he died. He stretched out his hands. He took the whooping for me. Hallelujah. So it's very easy for me now to believe because he's demonstrated something to me. Hallelujah. So, and remember where we've been, both of us, the, the core group that studies so faithfully. I, I, I appreciate you and I thank you. That, but remember where we've been in First John. As he is in this world, so are we. So that love that He demonstrated is the love that's supposed to be active on the inside of us. And I say active. Active on the inside of us, prompting us to live in deed. Not love in tongue, but in deed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm about to ask you already. So let's look at James together now. James chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. Who's He talking to? The church. He's talking to the church. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So my brothers and sisters, whether you want to think this or not, you are in a battle. And I know many of you Christians and many of you you guys who have been in the Word for a long time and certainly many of you have been with me for a while, you know that this is not all new. We know this. But God wants to minister to us today. You are in a battle, whether you acknowledge it or not, you have an enemy. Before you became born again, you were enemies with God. Well, I didn't hate God. Well, not according to His Word. See, and that's why we all are in need of a Savior. Just by virtue of breathing air and living a life in the flesh, you are an enemy of God. How do I know that? Just read it. Because He said it. And see, by the way, there are many people that have a problem with this kind of speech or this kind of talk. Listen, take it up with the Bible. Don't take it up with me. Don't write me any letters. Don't email me. I'm not going to pay attention to it. This is the Word of God. I just read it to you. That's why I pull out all these scriptures. You know the routine. I pull out all these scriptures. I'm not just going to spout off at my mouth. I'm going to show you where it says it in the Word. And here's why. Because we think that we're not out there committing crimes. We don't have an arrest record. We don't even speed. That we're good people. No. No. None of us measure up to God. Oh, Tony, I hear that all the time. Well, I'm sorry, there's still... We need to know this. We need to know this. And we need to know... And see, again, this speaks to His love for us. Because even now, I miss the mark. I miss the mark. Occasionally. 
No, no, I don't want anything from back there right now. <laughs> Occasionally I miss the mark. But He loves me. And this is this Almighty God, this, this Heavenly Father, this, this One who is holy and pure and above all. And there is no unrighteousness in Him at all. He is holy just. He is holy pure. He is holy. No one like Him. All good. That One, who I used to be an enemy with, just by virtue of living my life according to the human will and not His will. He created me. I didn't create myself. He created us. As soon as we can get that, we just are like the Tower of Babel in these days. God, we don't need you. We got this. It doesn't work that way, my brothers and sisters. He is God. And no matter how much knowledge, no matter how smart we think we are, no matter what kind of uh, mega computers that we can build, no matter what, it still will not match God. The wisdom of men is foolishness unto God. Why am I here? There must be somebody that's awfully smart, either in this room or listening, that thinks that they got God figured out, or they don't need God because they are smart. If you think that I have a low IQ because I believe all this, go ahead. Bless me, Lord, with a low IQ so that I may believe your word. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. I, I, I better stop because I just push on that all day long. I saw a guy this week. Um, I saw him uh, about, about a year ago. Right after COVID started, I had seen, you know, we were acquainted in the past. He's done some work for me a time or two, and uh, we just became acquaintances. And nice guy and everything. But before when I met him, he was kind of living a little bit of a wild lifestyle, so on and so forth, just like everybody else. Not, you know, he didn't kill anybody, he didn't have a long criminal record, but, you know, he drank and did all those things. You know, just the thing that the world does. But uh, when I saw him about a year ago, he came to my office just to say hello. He happened to be working on the property, and there was. I'm telling you, and I'm not making this up, his countenance was different. And he said to me, Tony, how are you doing? And all this other stuff. And he started out, he said, listen, I've been sober for a year now. Uh, I'm back in church. I, you know, God is doing miracles in my life. Totally different. Totally different. Right? I saw him uh, again this week. And now he's still, he's, he's grinning. He's got the smile. He's, his countenance... I was driving by, yo, he's waving. So I go over there, talk to him, and he was just, to- again, happy, but we're starting to talk, and now he's saying, man, it's been tough. It's been tough. The enemy is doing everything that he can, but he hasn't lost his joy. Man, I'm still sober. It's been a couple of years now, still in church, and things are going great. And he says, you know, even some of the people around me now, you know, they haven't made the profession, but I noticed that they're not drinking anymore. Oh boy, you see the, 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 what God does through you when you don't even know it sometimes. You don't have to speak. Just, just let God have rule in your life. And God will start ministering around you. You don't even have to say it. And so he's all happy. But at the same time, he's telling me, but man, this thing, that thing, and the other thing, all of these things that are just challenging him. I said, yep, see? You're a threat now. The enemy is going after you because now you're a threat. Before, you were no threat. You were an enemy of God. You were in his camp. When you're an enemy of God, the enemy doesn't have, Satan doesn't have to mess with you. 
And even if you call yourself a Christian, but you're living a carnal life, you don't have to mess with you too much. Now, that, that, listen, I don't mean to imply that anybody who is uh, not born again doesn't have any cares or troubles. Not saying that at all. Not saying that at all. In this world, you'll have trouble, whether you're born again or whether you're not. Why? Because the world is not God's. God leased it to man, man gave it to the enemy, and that's where we are. So in this world, you're going to have trouble. Right? Okay. So I'm not meaning to imply at all that you know, non-Christians don't have any... No, everybody has trouble. But when you become born again, your trouble is totally different. It's totally different. You're experiencing trouble now partly because you, your faith is going to be tested. The enemy of your soul is the accuser of the brethren. Look at Joel. Look at what Peter's told us. Look at Jesus. Look at the apostles, disciples. If you're trying to live your life contrary to what is the prince in the power of the air, man, you're going to get belted and you're going to get popped. And if you, let, me, let me tell you something else. If you are having an effect on people around you, expect it. And expect it from the people around you. Uh-oh. A little quiet. But man, it was so good to see him and so good to see that he's still on the path with the Lord. He's still walking in fellowship with the Lord. And now even he's being challenged... He still has this glow about him. He's still being attacked. It's still, he's this, this enemy is relentless. So, so let's look at 1 Peter together, if you will. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But you see, my brothers and sisters, adversary, that word adversary? So it doesn't matter you know, whether you want to uh, declare war on God or declare war on Satan. Again, just by, being, you know, just by virtue of being alive, by breathing air, you're either on one side or the other. And I've said this to you many times, and many of you didn't need to hear me say it because you've read it yourself. Out of Jesus' own mouth, there's only one of two ways you could be. Either you're with me, or you're against me. So, if you're born again, you're with him. Right? If you're not born again, you're against him. Right? Simple? Relatively? (laughs) Remember what we've studied together often, and you know it without me. Beloved, in Jude... The third verse, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend. You see that word, contend? I used to be a contender. (laughs) To contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So look, again, contend, 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 contend. Contend. Contend for the faith. See, look at We've got an adversary. Contend. Are you seeing this? Now, I know that many of you know this already, but my brothers and sisters, pay attention. Listen hard. Because it doesn't get easier. I'd love to be the kind of preacher that comes here on a Sunday and then gets on the internet and says, Oh, Jesus loves you. It's all sunshine and lollipops and oh, cotton candy, the cloud. Oh, beautiful. It's not that way. And many of you know that. So if I come in here and I say that, and then you go out there and you experience something totally different, you're going to be discouraged. And you say, well, either it's not true, he's full of baloney, and that Bible's not true, or I'm doing something wrong, and I'm just going to give up because it it never works out. No, it's not supposed to be that. Remember, you have an adversary. You're supposed to contend. This language is there specifically for you. 
and me, especially in the last days. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I feel great. Mm. I don't have any issues. Mm. Better check yourself. Better check yourself. You may not be doing it right. You may not be doing it right. I bet you those people at the church of Laodicea, bet you they were feeling pretty good until they got that letter. I just, I, I bet you just a bunch of people just turned right off. But a bunch of people listening on the internet, they just probably just turned me right off. And how about you in here? You want to stop listening now? No, lean in. God loves you. Lean in. Amen? So look again now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You, listen, you might as well get this, and you might as well, you have to have this battle mentality. Are you with me? Okay, so you, you, you need to know that you are in a battle. And if you're born again, your battle is against the enemy of your soul. If you're not born again and you want to be, praise God, you've tuned in and you've come to the right place. Amen? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to get to God. You give your life, you submit your life to Him, and you are born again. Period. Born again. You repent. You realize what you are compared to Him, and you know that I need to go a different way. Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for your your propitiation. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for paying for the sins that I couldn't pay for, and now I want to go with you. Hallelujah. You're a born again, no longer the enemy of God, and now you're on God's side. Amen? So now listen, remember what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, and many of you already know it. You know, he talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Now why is the Apostle or Holy Spirit through the Apostle using that kind of language? Because he's telling you, you're in a war. Right? Okay, so are you getting it, people? Do I need to quote some more scriptures to you? Or are you understanding this isn't Tony, this is God. God is saying to you that you are in a battle. If you're born again, you are in a battle. The enemy wants to take you out. Listen, 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war, which what? War, war what? Against the soul. Uh Uh-oh, so now, this is something just a little bit different. This this is a little different. Abstain from sensual urges. Abstain from from fleshly lust, these, these sensations, these urges that we have in the natural, according to our body. Right? You're there. You need me to name some of them? You know what I mean. Right? So these physical appetites that we have, and sometimes psychological, in our own minds, the things that we think we have to have for happiness, security, so on and so forth. Abstains from, from fleshly lust. These things war against what? God? Well, kind of, but look what it's saying in this. Against our own soul. So we're in a battle, we're in a war. The enemy is our... Satan is, is the enemy of God. The opposer. The accuser of the brethren. He is definitely our enemy. He's right. He's he's going out around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Isn't that right? Okay. But we also have another problem, my brothers, my sisters. We have an enemy within. Uh, there was this quote, and and I want to. 
I, I want to share it with you. If there is not an enemy, if there is no enemy within, the enemies outside can do no harm. Can you throw that slide up there, Tony, if, if I've given it? There you go. If there is no enemy within, the enemies outside can do no harm. That's a great quote. Now, I would love to give credit for this, but there are different creditations, if that's a word. Forgive my grammar. But Winston Churchill used that. It's also uh, cited as an African proverb. Uh, there was another, Eric, or somebody, Thomas, is, is quoted this. Regardless of where this came from, I just want to make sure I'm trying to give somebody credit. I didn't come up with this myself. But this is, so, look, look at that. If there is no enemy within, the enemies outside can do no harm. See, I've got this battle, this enemy within. It's, it's my own flesh, my own mind. It's those things that, that, that really that God has tried to save me from. Are you with me? And the enemy of your soul, that's the only thing that he can use against you. Is what? The enemy that's inside of you. Tony, would you put that other slide? James 4. One through four. Where do wars and fights come from? From among you. Where do the wars and the fights from among us come from? Now remember, this is speaking not to the outside. In the church. James is speaking to saved people. Okay? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members? You see? The battleground is here. The battleground is right here. The battleground, we ha- we're at war. We're to contend for the faith. We're to keep our eyes open for our adversary. Our adversary uses the weapons that appeal to that old nature. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. Just like he did to Adam and Eve. And he does it today. So now we have this this war that we have to fight within our own bodies, with our own minds. Amen? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you don't ask. Now, somebody said, well, I ask a lot. Well, we'll get there. And many of you know, you know, I I, want to share with you something. This is as loose as it gets. Thank you for visiting, by the way. This isn't normal, I'm just telling you. <laughs> but I, got it. I, I love these object lessons, and I know how much you love them. I want you to read this shirt. Anybody want to read that out loud? I'm probably because you know What'd you say? What'd you say to me? Would you, I, this shirt, I, got, I, I bought this shirt, gosh, I think before my grandchildren were born. I think this is older than Addison. <laughs> But this shirt, is, you know, obviously it's a play on the seven dwarfs. I did buy it from Disney one of the few times, one of the last times I went. But I did buy it from Disney. And this is a play, obviously, on the seven dwarfs. I'm grumpy because you're dopey. Now watch. I bought that shirt. When I looked at this shirt hanging on the rack, I got to have that. Now, subsequent to that, I've worn this shirt out in public a lot. Well, it can't be that much. It's over older than that, and I still have it. But no, seriously, I, every time I wear this, almost without fail, someone stops me and says, Oh, I love that. Oh, what a great shirt. Oh, are you following me? This is relatable. Why? 
Why is this relatable? Well, here's what it's saying. Something that you're doing, something that you're saying, is affecting me. My brothers and sisters, as born-again Christians, it shouldn't be that way. Now, I'm not standing here and saying down to you, I've got this mastered. Oh, no. I've shared with you, especially my close-knit core group, man, I've been fighting it. Because, man, this, this world is making me angry. I don't like the, the world that my grandchildren are having to grow up in. I don't like the lies that are being spouted. I don't like... But it doesn't matter. There's something... Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. There is something inside of me that's supposed to supersede your dopiness. Because <laughs> there are a lot of dopey people... I'm not going to say it this way because I don't want to accidentally make eye contact with anybody. There are a lot of dopey people in this world, man. Father, help them. <laughs> And some were saying, yeah, you're one of them, Tony. Well, maybe I am. But here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. Whether it's somebody acting dopey, someone acting a fool. You know, I've had people specifically try to go out of their way to offend me, like some of you. So many of you. Specifically. Some do it without, you know, intent. But many go and try to offend me and you with intent. And what I have to do as a mature Christian is not listen again the battle is in here. The enemy is within. They're not my enemy. They're not my enemy. Now some of you, I see that looks on your faces. Oh, yes, they are, Pastor. No, they're not. No, they're not. The enemy is your own flesh. The enemy is what you're thinking. The enemy is within you. It's your old nature. It's that nature that's been handed down to you from Adam and Eve. Praise be to God. The second Adam gave us a whole new nature. Praise be to God. He sent us His Spirit, so now we have a fighting chance. Amen. Boy, some of you don't get excited. I'm telling you. We have a fighting chance. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, some of you might already be defeated. There's not a whole lot. Of... We have a fighting chance. I know that if this grumpy old man has a chance, I know some of you, especially you young folks, Don't align yourself with those things that you're reading, that you're hearing, those things that have nothing to do with thus saith the Lord. Don't don't align yourself with that. Listen, don't don't hang out with those people who are not studying and reading this. Uh Uh-oh. And that's not just for our young people. Where, Where do you find yourself? Church? Are you building up that man that needs to be fortified with his word, that needs to be, listen, that needs to be putting on the spiritual weapons, that needs to be growing and building and being, and, and listen, and just weaponizing and mounting up and, and, and be able to really be engaged in this war. Because you might be able to say, well, I'll, I'll sit back and I'm just going to let it ride until Jesus comes home or calls me home. One way or the other, either I'm raptured or the breath will leave my body. I'm just going to hang out until he comes. Man, if you're if that is your attitude, I'm telling you, you don't. You're not. There's no. You've heard me say this. There's no such thing as static. If you're not growing in grace, grace is having a lesser effect on you. Ooh. <laughs> no wonder why. 
my brothers and sisters, this is not brain surgery. This is not extremely hard. But let's go back in James here. Where do wars and fights come from, from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, war in your members? You lust, you do not have. You murder and covet and can obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask amiss that you might spend it on your own pleasures. You're asking for something according to the natural man. You're asking for something that's going to cause you not to get closer to God, not to be more armed and equipped for the warfare that you're in, but that is going to provide another chink in the armor, so to speak. Something else that, would, that the enemy of your soul is going to use to get to you even all the more. Come on. Come on. Young people, if, if it's that, that boy, that girl, that whatever it is, that friend, um, that whatever it is, my brothers, my young brothers, my young sisters, please, 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 hear the word of the Lord. There is no relationship more important than the relationship that you have with God through Christ. Get that in order. Keep that first. If you keep that first, God is going to make sure that the relationship that you are seeking will be the right relationship. But you have to seek Him first. See, that boy or that gal, oh, it's the dream, it's the this, it's the that. They got the, the, the great teeth and the... the the, the great athlete or the, the girl that's just got all the good looks and always dressed to the nines. and Well, that's, a, that's an old people's term. That means really dressed up. What's, what's a young people's term? Fly. No, that's even old. What is it? <laughs> Help me out, youth pastor. Whatever. What say it? Swaggy. Oh, thank you. I got her. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so now listen. So it's that girl or that person that's always got the swag. Whatever it is. That person who is popular, and by association now I become popular, isn't that also a lust of the flesh? Isn't that also pride of life? Isn't that also have everything to do with what we're talking about? And isn't that also indicating that there's a battle that's going on, and the battle is in you? So young people, don't succumb. Man, don't look at that stuff. Oh, I know it's hard not to. You're surrounded by it all the time. I know that. But even us old fogies are too. Maybe in different ways, but we still have to fight that battle, don't we? But man, you young people, if you can... Listen, listen, young people, if you're in this room or if you're listening digitally, listen to this minister of God right now. Please, I'm begging you, listen to Jesus first. Put Jesus first. I don't care what sport you're involved in. I don't care what extracurricular activity you're involved in. I don't even care about how much homework you have every day. Man, if you're not setting some time aside each and every day to spend with the Lord, you're going to get weakened, not strengthened. You're going to succumb to some of these things that the enemy of your soul is working on that enemy within. Strengthen the spirit man inside of you. Strengthen that part that God has put in you. Strengthen the... Draw on the Holy Spirit so that when the enemy of your soul tries to remind you of your flesh, you can remind him of the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. Hallelujah! It's the Spirit of God inside of you that's fighting the fight with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God be praised. So we're asking for these things, thinking that, you know, God is... I heard this. 
This is the this is the modern doctrine in the United States. You name it and claim it, or you you know you if you live just right, you go to church every time the church doors open. I go, hey God, I, I went to church on Sunday. Don't don't I deserve something? Come on now, are you with me? But God, I went to church on Wednesday even. Oh, and I had to listen to Pastor Tony two times in one week. Man, I deserve something for that, right? Amen. Mary's hey yes and amen. You came in just in time, Mary. <laughs> I I had to listen to him twice. Don't I deserve something? Oh, come on. Come on. No. We all deserve hell. But praise be to God. We are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You know how I know that? How do I know that? Yes, no, because the Word says so. You don't have to be smart. You just have to read it and believe it. Hallelujah. Listen, I was destined for hell. I was destined for hell. I was an enemy of God. Remember how we started this message? I was at enmity. I was an enemy of God. But praise His holy name. Jesus, God Himself, took a body and loved on me even when I was His enemy. So now that same God tells me, Love each other. Love each other. As I, has, as I have loved you, love one another. Why are we hamstringing ourselves? There's why. Why do we not have what we ask for when we pray? There's why. Why isn't revival coming to this body? There's why. We have to love each other unconditionally. My brothers and sisters... Man, some of you, I'll just speak for me because I don't want to offend anybody. Lord knows I'm very good at that. Sometimes I'm hard to love. See, here we go. I expect some people to be up at the altar by the time, at the end of this. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. I preached a message a long time ago and and the question was, are you hard to love? And I told you, my wife is one of the easiest people in the world to love. For me, you better watch out. <laughs> For me, she's very kind-hearted and, and all that. She's just a very likable and a very loving, caring human being herself. So, she's easy to love. Don't look at me that way. Some of you looking at me that way. I'm a little bit harder to love. I'm a little set in the ways. I mean, I a little... Stop. Don't be making lists. You're out there already making lists. That, that, that's it. Now I'm going to start using you for an example instead of me. How about that? No, I'm just teasing with you. Listen, I'm not trying to be irreverent or irreverent as it relates to the Word of God and this message that He wants to bring to us. But you understand, my brothers and sisters, I'm grumpy because you're dopey? No. I'm grumpy because I'm not listening to that voice of God inside of me. I'm grumpy because there's an inside. The enemy is on the inside. Tony, would you put that slide up there? Because the enemy is on the inside. I'm grumpy because there is something on the inside of me, that old man, that old nature, that still wants to raise its ugly head every once in a while. So I'm reacting. I'm letting that man react to you. Oh yeah, there's some of you, and I'm just going to say it, there's some of you that are pretty dopey. How could a man of God say that? It's the truth. We get so dumb 
about some things. This, is, this, this word is used in Scripture. When it talks about being stubborn and things like that, you know, it's very specific as it relates to us just not believing God. We're so dumb, we just cannot believe God. We just can't trust Him. We can acknowledge Him, but we won't believe Him. How dumb is that? I'm going to acknowledge that He is God, that He's created everything, but then I'm not going to do what He says, or I'm not going to trust what He's saying is truth. That's, that's not smart. I mean, you don't even have to be spiritual to follow that logic. So now when I'm spiritual, now not only do I have the ability to say, well, okay, if he's God, then I, you know, I, have, to, I have to trust and say what he, I have to follow what he, what he says has to be true. He's God, right? And, and now I have the power to understand what he's saying. Come on now. Now I have the power to understand what he's saying because before when I was in the flesh only and I wasn't born again and I had no spirit of God inside of me, oh, I can read the Bible, but it's not going to be light. I'm not going to understand it as only in total truth. There's no way. Why? There's no spirit inside of me. In fact, the Bible tells you and I that we can't even say that Jesus is Lord and mean it unless we have his spirit in us. Come on, am I saying anything that's untrue here? No, I'm not. This is right out of the Word of God. So listen, so here's what I'm saying to you. I, say, I come to Him, I have that Spirit inside of me, and now I have this grace available to me. Call upon grace in your time of need. Grace. Lord, I'm failing on the inside. I've got these people who are meaning me harm. I've got these people who are insulting me. Lord, I have these people who are using me. I have these people who are, who are at, talking about me behind my back. I have these people who you know, treat me terribly. Who treat me? I have people who are close to me who are treating me like they can't stand me. Lord, I want to react like the old man used to react. I'm failing right now. Grace! Grace! Lord, I understand that your love is greater. I understand, Lord, that there's something inside of me that supersedes all of that. I'm calling upon that right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It has to start in here. Remember where we were then. Adulterers, verse 4, James 4, 4. Adulterers and adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So here I am thinking that I'm the friend of God. I'm linked up with Jesus. But I'm still operating according to the pleasures, according to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. So when I'm doing those things, am I the friend of God? Am I on God's side? No. Am I almost done? Hallelujah. I'm going to go back for those of us, especially for those of us who have been studying First John together, just listen. I, I'm, you're, it's not going to be on the screen. Just listen. First John two, fifteen through seventeen. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, let me pause right there. Do not love the world or the things of the world. What does that mean? The world system, the way the world operates. Uh, Filthy lucre. Um, you know, just the, the way the world operates. The way, even, the, even the things that the world thinks are good. You know, don't operate according to the... Don't be in love with the world system of things. How, how, think about this. Those of us who are a little bit older, and I'm going I'm to talk this way. I don't wanna, those of us who are a little older, 
uh, you know, how different is the world now than it was when we were kids? A lot different. So how about some of the things that were right when we were kids that are wrong now and some of the things that were wrong then that are right now? Don't fall in love with the world or the world systems because the world doesn't know. They think that they're okay without God, first of all. So my brothers and sisters, don't fall in love with the world, the world systems. The people that are in the world, serving the world, or serving the system. And they think, well, I'm serving myself, or no one's my God. The enemy of your soul is your God. So you're an enemy, you're an enemy of God. If you're not born again, you're an enemy of God. Right? Okay, so now don't fall in love with that system or those people. Don't try to continue to make friends or be friendly. Young people, please, make sure who your friends are, who you're hanging out with, who you're dating. And y'all, all my grandkids, you better not be dating anybody right now. But anyway, who you are, what's, what's going on? Are you with me? Are you with me? So make sure, older people, because this is not, a, we're not immune to this. Those of us who are single and a little older than high school age, those of us who are a little older than college age, you know, those of us who may be, um, you know, be careful of those relationships. Don't be a man or woman or person pleaser. Please God. For all is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Oh, wait, wait, I, I, forgive me. I didn't f- Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see that? So that's a good test. That's how you check yourself. Listen, if I get up in the morning and the first thing I'm thinking about is, you know, who I'm going to see that morning or, you know, uh, what I'm going to do that morning. If I don't get up in the morning and I'm not saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Father. Come on. Thank you for another day. If, if, my, if I'm going to bed at night and the last thing on my mind is, I've got to say, oh, honey, I love you. Oh, uh, and I'm falling asleep on the phone because I don't want to say goodbye to the dream boat. That's how Michelle used to do. I couldn't hang. I couldn't get her to get off the phone. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. My brothers and sisters, I'm, listen, please, again, I'm not trying to be irreverent, but you understand the point. If I can't hang up that phone because of my attachment to the person on the other side, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. I need to say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for another day. Yes. If that's all it is, then hallelujah. Acknowledge God. If the love of, of the if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. So we're in love with something, we're serving something, our heart is set on something that's going away. And the lust of it. But listen, but God, but He who does the will of God abides forever. But he who? Who does the will of God. But he who goes and says, Jesus is Lord, he abides forever. No. You see what this is saying? Who lives forever? He who does the will of God. I'm not making this up. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you again, Scripture reference, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And that specifically was the last half of verse 17. Go home, dust off your Bible, open it up to that page, and you'll see it. I'm not making that up. That is exactly what it says. He who does the will of God abides forever. We need to cut the ties. We need to, my brothers and sisters, stop looking at the here and now. 
Stop being friends with the world and start being friends of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, let me ask you, if we know this, and those of us, again, who have been studying uh, in here on Sundays and specifically on Wednesdays, and it begins with us, the church. The love that we have one for another. Revival. I've been praying for revival for years. And so it hasn't come yet. It has to come here first. The Lord has, has, has ministered greatly over the last few weeks. It has to come here, in my, and I'm pointing to my heart for those of you who are listening. It has to come here first. All of that love that I thought I had, God showed me there's some people who you're not loving like I love. Because they've done you wrong, because they're talking about you, because they've done your wife wrong, you're not loving them like, come on. Come on. So the revival has to begin in our hearts. When revival comes to our hearts and we love God first and then love who He loves, how He loves, that's revival. And then all of a sudden things will happen. You're going to come in here and there's not even going to have to be a word from that pulpit. You're going to feel the presence of God and God will do mighty things. The God of miracles, remember where we started, that God of miracles will perform the miraculous. Why? Because you're in love with Him and He's number one. Are you with me? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, some of us are still sitting and we're analyzing. I'm done. Don't Don't get excited. I'm done. But here's what I'm asking you. If this word has ministered to you, then praise God. Go, go to God. And I can't do anything. I can't. I can only deliver the mail. I can only be His mouthpiece. Oh, if He wants me to lay hands on you, if you want to pray with me, yes. Why? Because His word says that. Right? Go to the elders. The, the, the word also says if we touch and agree, what's bound on, on earth is bound in heaven. What's loose on earth is loose. There's power in that. There's no question about it. But my brothers and sisters, unless you believe and trust God, I can lay hands on you all day long and nothing's going to happen. You have to believe and trust God. And let me ask you this. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going here. One last scripture. I was going to save this for next week, but I, I'm, I'm going here. Holy Spirit, thank you. Hosea 10. Hosea 10. Verse 1. How prosperous Israel is, is, how prosperous Israel is. A luxuriant vine loaded with fruit. But the richer the people get, the more pagan altars they build. The more bountiful their harvest, the more beautiful their sacred pillars. The hearts of the people are fickle. Are you hearing this? When he's speaking to Israel, he's speaking to his people. When he's speaking to Israel, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to his church. They are guilty and must be punished. The Lord will break down their altars and smash their sacred pillars. Then they will say, we have no king because we didn't fear the Lord. But even if we had a king, what could he do for us anyway? They spout empty words and make covenants that they don't intend to keep. So injustice springs up among them like poisonous weeds in a farmer's field. Why we don't have revival, there's part of it. My brothers and sisters, look. We, don't worry about whose justice, this justice, that's justice, this is fair, that's fair, that's unfair. Don't worry about any of that. Listen, some of us have prospered. 
and because we're prospering and because we have things and because we don't, we don't need God except on Sundays or Wednesdays or when we're in trouble. See what he's saying to Israel? When you don't need God because you've prospered, you're building altars. You're building pagan altars. Because we don't need God or because we don't have the importance, we don't place the importance on our relationship with God, we go ahead and we allow you know, uh, anything and everything to interrupt our Sunday services as it relates to, well, I'll just sit home today. Or, you know, we got this to do, that to do, this game, that game, the other game, this TV show, that. Th- we got all of, this other th- all of these other things that we could be doing instead of going with God. Oh, well, you know, uh, I should be spending some time with God right now. But Grey's Anatomy is on, and i got to watch that, whatever, to, whatever you're watching. You, you understand what I'm trying to say to you? My brothers and sisters, the altar we've built, where, what, what altars have you built? The altar could be your job. Because that's where you're getting your paycheck right now. That's what's providing you this, 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 this conveyance to get the things that you so desire. Man, I'm, I, I know right now, this, this message right now took a turn and some of you really want this to be over. No, no, no. Listen, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not. Uh, and I'm not trying to offend. But if Holy Spirit is offending you, my brothers and sisters, then that's a good thing because it's time that you go ahead and stop. Listen! Stop grieving Holy Spirit. Stop grieving Him. You know, stop throwing the wet blanket. Stop quenching Him. God loves you. And He sent this little old pastor right here and now to tell you that you've set up some altars in your life. And because you have, you've made God your enemy. He doesn't want to be your enemy. He's doing everything He can and has done everything He can to be your friend, your lover, your Lord. My brothers and sisters... Tear down the altars that you've created. And it might be in your own mind. I just can't get over this. Intellectually, I can't sell out to Jesus and give everything that I am to Him. Whatever it is, I don't want to give up this. That's an altar. That's an altar. You've experienced some good things and you've built some altars. Or you've experienced some negative things. And you built an altar because that's where you're getting your feel-good from. Or that's where you're getting your little sustenance from. My brothers and sisters, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Amen? Amen. That's all I've got. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your grace and mercy, God. God, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, whether they're in this room or whether they're listening to me digitally, Father, that they're not hearing me, but they're hearing you. Father, in Jesus' name, get this word down deep into their hearts. Father, I pray that someone that heard this word would be more determined than they've ever been before to tear down the altars that they've constructed in their lives. Holy Spirit, convict. Bring your conviction. Father, for those who are who are halting, who are limping between two decisions. Let them know that they know that they know that the God of all grace, the God of mercy, the God of love, the miracle who who is able to do all things, that God is saying, choose this day. I put before you death and life. Choose life in Jesus' name. I hope you choose life. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you, in this moment, you know that God is speaking to you, and you know that you have to make a decision, please do not leave this place, or if you're listening digitally, please get down on your knees or whatever it is, and raise your hands and lift your hearts and ask the Lord to bless you with His mercy, to bless you with His grace, to give you greater understanding, and to save you. And He will. And He will. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace and have a great week. In Jesus' name.